welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. Our mission is to make disciples in a post-Christian culture. I'm Eric Bryant, one of the executive pastors at Gateway Church in Austin, author of Not Like Me, and my new book, Fruitful, Becoming the Person God Created You to Be. I'm also providing resources at ericbryant.org. Today, I'm excited to have with me on the podcast, Kristen Mockler-Young. Hello, Kristen. Hey, Eric. How are you? Good, good. So you are at Mosaic in Charlotte, North Carolina. You've been part of the team since before you guys launched. And what is your role now? So now, yes, when I met Naeem and Ashley in the staff, I was a kindergarten teacher. So I was a kindergarten teacher and just volunteered at Mosaic for many, many years. Um, And I came on staff a few years ago to launch our second campus and then as things do, you know, it's kind of evolved. And now I'm, um, I'm at the teaching. I'm one of the teaching pastors. I oversee M kids, do our communications, you know, over a lot of things. That's great. Well, as you're in a city like Charlotte, which is becoming more and more of a tech city, uh, mm-hmm. lots and lots of people moving there. I, I also know, you know, people from the Bible Belt era who've kind of moved to the big city, maybe in their mind, leaving the church. How are you guys reaching, discipling post-Christian people or people who see Christianity as part of their past, but not part of their present? Yeah. Well, since you, we are a very transient city, which I will tell you as a pastor is hard, (laughs) you know, because you shepherd and you care for and you pour into people and then they leave, not because they don't even love the heart of your church or what's happening anymore, but just because life, you know? Um, But since you brought up tech, that's definitely something that we have leaned into, I would say we started something during COVID, we really decided to get creative. And so one of the things that we did, because we, we think that we're funny, we started a segment called morning breath. Um, (laughs) We're basically, (laughs) we go live on Instagram and Facebook now every weekday morning. um, And we call it morning breath. And so we just breathe life into people. And basically what we thought was a way of putting out content or like a devotion, um, it's become like a little online small group. And so people jump in and they're in the chat and they talk to each other. And it's just, it's been really cool to it. Like it has a discipling element to it, but it also has that social piece for the people who are still COVID cautious or not mm-hmm. able to, you know, get together in person. That's, that's one of them. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. and even as you are part of the online presence, how do you lead your team to communicate to people who don't have faith that this is a place to come and explore? Even as I know you're, you're always going to do a great job of connecting those who are already part of your community, but how do you reach out using uh, social media and your online presence? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things like morning breath, other um, times of going on social, we did um, like online groups, like a Facebook group Bible study where we had people from different um, countries joining in, but then for the, for the ones who aren't necessarily looking for church, you know, we really just push the social aspect. So we've noticed that small groups, which a lot of churches lean on heavily are just not working for us right now, to be very honest. Um, and so we 
lean into more like our she community, which is our women's gathering and the men's get together. I jokingly call it he community because it doesn't have an official name. Um, but we've almost flipped the way our assimilation goes, where instead of going, hey, Sunday morning, come on a Sunday, come on a Sunday, and then go into volunteering or other things. We're like, we're going to be in the community and we want to just get to know people first. And it almost seems like Sunday morning is now like the last step of the process, if that makes sense. We want people just to feel like they can connect and get to know people um, without having the weight of having to carry like a faith conversation, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And if for those who aren't familiar with Naeem, who've, who's been on this podcast before, yeah. you know, his background coming to faith out of a Muslim background, um, certainly your church has lots of folks uh, from diverse ethnic backgrounds how are you able to take some of the more important issues of our day and take that into the neighborhoods? Like you said, you're, you're doing a good job of so, you know, bringing social opportunities to yeah. your neighbors. But I also know you guys were very activist oriented too yeah. these last few yeah. years. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah. So when um, all of the social justice stuff started and really kind of amped up, not started, but really like found its footing, you know, a few years ago, we did, we got involved um, with a couple of different local organizations. Um, even we were a sponsor of the Charlotte Marathon this year. Oh, wow. And so we did the, uh, I got to pray for all the runners, you know, before the race started. Um, we partner with other local outreach organizations. Basically the idea for us is let's not go into the community waving our like church banner and saying, we're here, here's a track, you need Jesus. Here's a water bottle with our service times. Like there's a time and place for that maybe, but our community in Charlotte does not seem to be that place. So we really just want to go out there and say, we're here to support you. We're here to be involved. We're here to help champion your cause. If you have faith questions, like we're not going to hide the fact that we're a church, but we're not going to come in here with that being our agenda, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And I think part of what I've seen, you know, in our church and your church and others that are thinking more like this is the ability to connect with someone's passion, their heart, and, and the surprise they feel that we're people of faith that are against racism, you know, right? because there's, there's a misperception Although there's some truth too, there's a lot of people that are in the Bible Belt that might be aligned with you know a, a side that seems yeah. more okay with that kind of thing. Yeah. But I do think you're advocating for what every person should advocate for, which is decency, dignity for humanity, yeah. uh, and we're saying what we're for instead of what we're against. Is that kind right. of what I hear you saying? Yeah. Well, I think people just want to be seen. They just want to be seen. They want to be acknowledged. They want to know there are people out there in this world that care about them just as a, as a person, you know, and I go back to the Charlotte marathon, that's not necessarily like, you know, um, a platform, a cause, but multiple people stopped us. And we had a tent, you know, um, for afterwards, again, we had candy and water bottles and snacks, but nothing super religious necessarily, but people would come by and stop. And if they wanted info for a Sunday service, we would give it to them. But what we heard most often was just thank you for just being here. Like, thank you just for your presence and not coming in, trying to make it about you, but just being here for the people. And actually there, it was really tragic. Um, there was a runner that crossed the finish line and passed away. And just because we were there, a couple of volunteers came over 
and just distraught. You know I mean? It was awful. Mm. And we were able to pray for them. We didn't need to go do it on the loudspeaker. We didn't need to make it this public public mm-hmm. thing, but people just knew this is a safe space that I can go. This is really upsetting me. And these people will, these people that are strangers yeah. will just care for me. Mm. And that I think sticks out more than, Hey, come on Sunday at 930, yeah. 11, you know? Well, absolutely. And, you know, obviously being in the lives of people, uh, befriending people, connecting with people. Yeah. They may not be open to anything spiritual until there's a tragedy, you know, right. sadly. And at the right. same time, for some people, uh, running a marathon is their cause. I mean, they devote months True. of their yeah. life, rearrange yeah. their schedules, what they eat, their training. So in some ways, that's the crowd you're not going to see coming on a Sunday because they've got to run. They're busy running. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, as part of the teaching team, what yes. is, uh, has been an important part of, and even, you know, the fact you're the one praying there at the marathon, the way that you guys empower women as part of your church, how has that been an important part of the ministry of Mosaic in Charlotte? Yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so I, even when I came on staff, I just thought that I was taking a job and it wasn't until about a year or so in that God made it very clear that not only was he calling me to a job, he was calling me to ministry and then that I was supposed to teach. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, it's all about representation. I think empowering women. And I even love how you phrase it. Like, it's not about even putting up with women or saying, do you know what I mean? Like some churches are like, okay, well, yes, yes. We'll put up with a female or we will allow it on mother's day or whatever, but it is that active idea of you have to do it intentionally and empowering women. And I think just like a guy, it has to be somebody that's called. It has to be somebody that Mm -hmm. you see God moving in their lives. You can tell that it's a call and not just, I want to be a speaker because there's a very, there's a difference in speaking on a stage and like teaching or preaching, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is all about representation. And so I remember the first, I have two daughters of my own who look up to me and think whether it's ministry or something else that they can do whatever they want because mom is out here doing this mm-hmm. in a pretty male dominated place. But we have a little girl um, who's in the part of the deaf community. And she was in there. I think she was about five at the time. The first time that I taught on a Sunday morning, and it like changed her whole life. She was like, mm. I think I can do that. I can, wow. I can like accessories and I can have this, you know, I don't have a hearing impairment, but it just somehow empowered her to know, even with all of this, I can still be used and I can teach and I can speak. And mm. now that's like her like goal in life. Yeah. It's, just, it's just representation, you know? That's amazing. Well, yeah. and, and it's, and it's biblical. I mean, yeah. what's really fascinating, <laughs> hey, <not again. laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's really fascinating because it's, it's not just an issue in the church. It's an issue in our culture. Right. Uh, it's male dominated, you know? Right. And so in many ways you have to think in terms of when we look at the scriptures, are we interpreting it based on our cultural uh, biases? Are we actually looking at what the scriptures say? And the very first yeah. people to see Jesus and to proclaim that he was alive on Easter Sunday were women. And I don't yeah. think that was an accident. And then even some of the passages that seem to limit women speaking, these were letters to a real church with real issues. Some of them yeah. in places where women were always in charge of the church because they were worshiping yeah. Diana. So some of these women right. were just usurping the authority that was actually in the church. And so that's where there was a, hey, let's 
let's settle down here, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I, even still, Paul says, you know, women should learn. And that, now, now keep it on the down low. You know, <laughs> we're in a culturally, you know, male-dominated society then mm-hmm. too. But there's no distinction between men and women on who gets what spiritual gift. Right. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. Here. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I have a whole article, if, if any of you listening want to go and read it, on the biblical basis of why women should be in leadership. But talk more. Was that something that Mosaic had to wrestle with or that you had to wrestle with before stepping into this calling? I think it's something that I've always grown up in the church. So I've, I've always been like a church girl. Um, I grew up pretty conservative and traditional, but not where I felt oppressed as a female. Now, I did not see females in ministry growing up, but also that wasn't a call on my life. Then that wasn't anything that was on my heart. I thought I'll always be involved in church, that kind of thing. Um, but for me, it was, and I'm so glad you brought up the Bible because that was really where I started digging in and learning not just about women in leadership or teaching positions, but just scripture in general. And I have been on such a, I mean, for lack of a better term, like a deconstruction myself and unlearning and a relearning of what I thought the Bible was saying, what I thought d- different Bible verses meant and understanding, like you said, all of that context and the background and the history and the original root language and all of these things. I actually taught on um, First Timothy. Well, I taught on the Bible two weeks ago. And one of my points was addressing women, that women should be silent. And here I am on a Sunday doing the sermon. And I actually knew we had guests that weekend um, that are not typically part of our church, but I knew that they were very anti-women in this position And so I remember texting the girl from our church and I was like, Hey, I want you to know I'm not adding this in for him, but I'm also not taking it out for him. And so I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I was nervous, (laughs) you know, I was like, please don't jump up and like say something, but yeah, it's just, to me, it's a wrestling in a, in the best kind of way, Mm -hmm. you know, of um, having my eyes opened to scripture and it can get messy and it can get confusing. It can get hard to all of a sudden take not just this concept, but so many things that you built your foundation on and then go, maybe that's not what I thought it was this whole time. Yeah. 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 I was, uh, I raised in Texas and then right after college moved to Seattle and there were women, uh, serving as elders and, and I was so thrown off. And so I kind of did that deep dive back then. And certainly passages like Romans 16, where you see, I use that too. Yeah. (laughs) It's just an important, like you see all these women leaders. And in fact, a woman is the one taking the letter to the Romans. So she's the one that first read it to them. And it's just uh, remarkable how it's, it's right there in front of us. And more recently, I discovered that the early church was filled with women leadership all the way up until uh, the church and state got connected. And that's Mm -hmm. when you start to see kind of this switch in the church. And, and, you know, we always get in trouble. Uh, the church does when we're too interconnected with politics. And so maybe talk about that for a little bit. How have yeah. you guys moved forward? You have this activist bent, uh, but you're also not um, signing up people to vote, <laughs> you know, right. for a certain party. How do you kind of navigate that even as part of the teaching team? Yeah. So I have two things come to mind. I think the first one is we have this, this idea, this concept, we actually just started a podcast on it called becoming church, 
where we, over the last couple of years, as a staff, as a teaching team, have decided we want to teach people how to actually think. Like that was one of the things that stood out to me the most during COVID and made me sad was looking at our people and going, not all of them, but some of them don't feel like they have a faith anymore because they're not there with us. We're not like spoon feeding it to them. And we were like, we have to teach people how to think. So we have to teach people how to think about scripture, how to think about their own faith, how to dig in for themselves, figure out who God is on their own. And then that kind of morphed into this idea of becoming church that you don't come to church. We want you to come to Mosaic on a Sunday, but you are the church and it has to happen outside of Sunday. And so I think that's where we kind of get around the, um, the, the, the combination. I am very much one that says we are to be in the world. Like, I think it's the Romans verse, be in the world, but not of it. Yes, I get it. But also, how are you going to reach a world that doesn't know Jesus if you're not in a world that doesn't know Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think they really have to be integrated. And so that's one of our big things right now is just teaching people like you are the church. You represent Jesus. You are Jesus on Monday to people. And maybe you're the only Bible that they'll ever read. Like, are they going to want to pick those pages up again? Or are you turning people away? Yeah. You know, kind of empowering our people. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, Naeem and I have both been mentored, you know, by Erwin McManus and yeah. in his first book, Unstoppable Force is one of my favorite quotes of all of his great quotes. And it is, uh, the church is not here to meet your needs. Uh, you are the church here to meet the needs of the world. Exactly. It's such exactly. a great way to frame it. Well, thank you for all that you're doing. And obviously for those who would love to follow you, uh, you live on Instagram. At I pretty Kristen, much do, yeah. <laughs> Kristen Mockler Young, or Turning the Gym, G-E-M, uh, or you can always find your messages and what you're doing through Mosaic at mosaicchurch.tv. Thank you so much, Kristen, for what you're doing yeah. and keep up your great work. Thanks, it's been so great. Thanks for joining us on the Post-Christian Podcast. More resources available at ericbryant.org.